Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this Trinity Sunday is our gospel lesson. Here again, these specific words of Jesus from John chapter 8. I do not have a demon, but I honor my Father, and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it, and he is the judge. If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me. This is God's word for us today. You may be seated. Well, everybody, happy Father's Day. Yeah, yeah that's kind of what happened at, at the 8 o'clock service. You don't really know how to respond to that always, do you? It's very clear on some holidays. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy Father's Day. Uh, ha- same, same to you, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> Well, regardless of whether we know uh, what, to, what to say or not always, today's a very special day uh, that we have an opportunity to, to recognize, to give thanks to God for uh, these wonderful men that he has placed into our lives. Our fathers, grandfathers, in some cases stepfathers, or just father figures in general. These men play a huge and often woefully underestimated role in our lives. So it's a good thing for us to acknowledge them and and the blessing that they are to us on this Father's Day. Today is also, of course, Trinity Sunday on the church calendar. So maybe at least this year, since they coincide, we could call this Fathers, Sons, and Holy Spirits Day. Yeah, I got about the same reaction at the 8 o'clock service as well. Of course, the three persons of the Holy Trinity uh, undoubtedly also play a huge and woefully underestimated role in our lives. And this day is set aside by the church to ponder the, the triune nature of our God and to give thanks for his incredible goodness to us. But as you might have noticed, our readings uh, for Trinity Sunday this year really focus more on the Father and the Son. And so uh, on this Father's Day, we're going to be doing that as well. Today we're going to be examining the relationship between the Father and the Son. And I pray on this Father's Day, come away with having learned something about the relationships we have with our fathers here on earth. So as we get into our gospel lesson from John chapter 8, as Pastor Hoseman mentioned, we realize pretty quickly that, that we've been dropped right in the middle of a pretty hostile conversation that Jesus is having uh, with some of the Jews who John says had begun to believe in him. But things have soured pretty quickly. In fact, right before our reading for today, Jesus has just told them that they are slaves to sin and children of the devil. So it's a little less surprising then when we realize uh, that in the first verse of our reading, they answer him by saying, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Still not the, the best rhetorical question to ask of Jesus, probably. Calling him a foreigner instead of a true Israelite and accusing the Son of God of being a demoniac. But it sets up the answer of Jesus that we heard again just a minute ago. I do not have a demon, but I honor my father. Jesus honored his father. 
Some 1,400 years before this conversation Jesus had, God had given Moses the Ten Commandments, the, the good and gracious will of Yahweh for his people as, as they lived together under his gracious rule. The first three commandments have to do with our relationship with God. It's called the, the first table of the Ten Commandments, that, that we should fear, love, and trust in him alone, that we should reverence his name, that we should remember his Sabbath and keep it holy. The last seven commandments then, the second table, have to do with our relationships with one another. And the first of these, the favorite commandment of parents everywhere, the fourth commandment is what? Honor your father and your mother. I think I heard a lot more parents saying that than maybe kids. (laughs) Martin Luther would say that, that this fourth commandment serves as the bedrock for every human relationship we have. And here in our text for today from John 8, we get to see the perfect heavenly relationship between father and son. Jesus honored his father, and in doing that, he is to us the only perfect example of what it looks like to keep the fourth commandment. So how did Jesus honor his father? Well, one of the ways Jesus did this was by faithfully speaking on his father's behalf. A little bit earlier in chapter 8, part of this conversation, he says, I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the father taught me. Jesus was sent to communicate to us the father's will, the father's love, the father's purpose for our lives. And he did that faithfully. He did that by revealing to us the uncomfortable truth about our heart's slavery to sin. He did that by promising that in him and in his word, we will know the truth and be set free from that sin. He spoke authoritatively about the word of God because he was and is the word of God. If we want to hear the voice of God, all we have to do is listen to Jesus. So fully and so clearly did Jesus communicate the heart of the Father to us that Paul says to the Colossians that he is the image of the invisible God, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. The writer to the Hebrews lauds Jesus as the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus represented the Father so well because he shared so fully in everything that God is and shared so fully with us everything that God wished to say. And then he showed us the full extent of his love for us and his obedience to the Father by giving his life. God so loved the world that he gave his only son for us. And the son so loved the Father that he gave his life for us. Later on in Hebrews, it says this, In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Jesus honored his father by doing what he was told. By fulfilling the mission for which the Father sent him to suffer and die for the sake of the world. He did that for your eternal sake and out of reverence and obedience and respect for his Father. So we might ask ourselves on this Father's Day, how can we honor our fathers? Perhaps like Jesus, we can represent them well. 
We can listen to what they teach us. We can pass along their wisdom to future generations. We can show them respect. Luther says in his small catechism that we should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. When we do this, we are following the example of Jesus. But then again, Jesus had a perfect father, and we don't. Even those of us who, like me, consider our father here on earth to be about the best father there could possibly be, who meant it wholeheartedly back when we gave them that number one dad coffee mug or that best dad ever t-shirt or necktie, even we do not have perfect fathers. In fact, everyone gathered here today has or, or had a, a sinful human being for a father. Fathers may not always know best. Sometimes they may seem to us unreasonable or out of touch, too strict or just clueless. Still, it should be to us an honor to honor our fathers. Because this is God's goodwill for us. This is what Jesus did, even when his father told him to die for the sins of the world. Jesus honored his father. And the father glorified his son. In the course of this contentious conversation Jesus is having, the the Jews snidely ask him, who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answers, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my Father who glorifies me. Jesus is essentially saying, I make myself out to be nothing. It is the Father who makes me who I am. And who he is, is the Son of God. The Son glorified by God. But how does the Father glorify his Son? Well, not in the way you might expect, at least not at first. Throughout his gospel, John keeps dropping these, these big hints that, that something enormous is coming up, this, this great moment where something's going to happen, where all of, all of Jesus' followers, all of his opponents, everybody will see that he is who he has said he is all along, the Son of God in the flesh. But when this glorious moment comes, it doesn't look like you might expect. It doesn't entail Jesus crushing or silencing his critics once and for all, as some might have been hoping. It doesn't consist of military power over their Roman overlords, as many were expecting. Instead, it looks an awful lot like a man dying on a cross. Because that's just what it is. The Father glorifies the Son by allowing him to die for the sins of the world. There, the glory of the Son shone forth. And there, your sins were forgiven. But as Peter's Pentecost sermon in Acts 2 reminds us, that's not where the story ends. Yes, Jesus was delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God the Father. But then, God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. In another sermon, eight chapters later in Acts, Peter says that that the Father anointed the Son with the Holy Spirit and with power. An important reminder for us on this Trinity Sunday and every day. The Father glorified the Son by anointing him with the Spirit, by sending him to the cross, and by raising him from the dead. So, on this Father's Day, how can 
how can we fathers lift up our children? Perhaps one thing we can learn from the relationship between Jesus and his heavenly father is that lifting up our children does not mean making everything easy for them all the time, but rather helping them to fulfill their purpose, the purpose that their heavenly father has for them to care for and to serve others. God has placed us in their lives to build them up, to encourage them, to help them learn and grow and serve. Most importantly, though, God has placed us in their lives to to do much the same thing that the Holy Spirit does, to point them to Jesus. If you're a dad and and you're looking for a a great resource on what it means to be a Christian father, there's this wonderful little book uh, by Professor Scott Keith. He's out at Concordia University in Irvine, California. He's written this little book called Being Dad, Father as a Picture of God's Grace. And in that book, he says this, The father is, by design, the point of powerful grace in the house. Children are created to look to the dad in the house as a picture of God. God calls fathers into the lives of their children so that through these fathers, the grace he shows to the world is modeled in a very personal and intimate way. Now, just as none of us have fathers as perfect as our heavenly father, none of us have sons or daughters that are quite as perfect as Jesus. So a huge part of what we do as parents is to model forgiveness, to show grace to our children. And since we ourselves are far from perfect, to ask for forgiveness as well. Of course, we all have that forgiveness, full and free, because of what the relationship between our Heavenly Father and His Son Jesus has brought about. Because they so loved one another and so loved all of us that the Father worked salvation for us through the sacrifice of the Son. So if this is a tough day for you, because you've been a sorry excuse for a father, because you've been far from a devoted son or daughter, if your relationship with your dad or with your kids is broken, hear this today. The same father who glorified his son Jesus lifts you up as well. How? How has the father lifted you up? By sending you his son to show you who he is, to show you his heart, by his son's sacrifice for you. And because of the sacrifice of Jesus, you will live forever. As we heard Jesus say, truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Some gathered here this morning will not have the the joy and the privilege of celebrating with their dad today because their dad is with Jesus. But if that's you, you can celebrate the gift of faith your heavenly father gave to your father. You can honor your father by honoring your heavenly father. We children have been blessed by our dads and and the impact they've had on us. We might even say that a little bit of our dad lives inside of us. How much truer is that of our heavenly father who has given us his Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us? He is the deposit, the, the guarantee the promise of eternal life with him and with the Father and the Son forever. So fathers, love and glorify your kids. Wives, support your husband. Partner with him in sharing God's grace with your children. Sons and daughters, honor and love and respect your fathers. Brothers and sisters in Christ, 
May we always honor the Father and glorify the Son in the power of the Spirit. Happy Father's Day and happy Trinity Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the peace of God which transcends our understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord now and forever. Amen.